All right, everybody, welcome to this episode of OTA Aspirations. My guest today was Kathy Delgado. She is a CODA, a certified occupational therapy assistant. She is also one of my instructors. So uh, you've met three of them now. We have one more who's pretty new. I'll, I'll probably have her on at some point. Um, just before this episode, I got to, before we recorded, I got to shadow her at Generations OT in Idaho Falls. Uh, it was so great. She's a very skilled therapist. Um, she really knows her stuff. She's pra- She's been practicing for quite a while, and uh, it was really great to have her on this episode. Um, she was very uh, hospitable, very welcome, very welcoming. Uh, she answered a lot of my questions uh, and even had me uh, facilitate a few things in the therapy session. So um, I will get into my interview with her right after this ad break. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Generations OT. This is where I was able to shadow uh, Kathy. Um, they are a great facility. Uh, they are an outpatient facility. Um, they treat people of all ages. Uh, from infants with feeding issues, uh, children with sensory issues, adolescents transitioning to adulthood, adults with neuro or physical dysfunction, and seniors with dementia. They kind of cover the whole the whole spectrum of things. Um, uh, their therapy practitioners are very qualified. They're eager to address occupational needs. Uh, their OT staff knows the importance of a meaningful activity and uh, they will work hard to help their clients adapt to improve their quality of life. You can reach them at their website, which is generations.therapyidahofalls.com. That's generations.therapyidahofalls.com. I really appreciate them sponsoring this episode. Now we'll get to the interview with Kathy Delgado. Okay, everybody, uh, we have Kathy Delgado, did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Um, from Generations OT, also a professor of mine. Um, instructor. Instructor, <laughs> professor, instructor, master. Um, Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I want to start just by um, kind of like where you grew up and how you got started in OT. And so we'll, so we'll start with your childhood. Where did you grow up? Um, my dad was army and so we did every about three years we were moving all over the place. Um, when I was about eight, my mom decided that she was done with moving all around. So they kept us in the Midwest. Oh, nice. So most of my growing up, um, between Ohio, Wisconsin, and that was pretty much most of my growing up. I did some time in Michigan, which was cool. Um, but mostly in Wisconsin and mm-hmm. uh, Ohio. So, and then we graduated from this little little town, uh, Chillicothe, and it was. <laughs> that was in Ohio. It is okay. And they make the mead paper. So mead paper company was there. Huh. And we lived out in the country, but when you go into town, you could smell the the paper company was kind of like, <laughs> like the processing that uh-huh. they're doing. Oh, yeah, wow. it didn't smell so good. But, um, and then after that, we, my dad retired at Fort McCoy in mm. Wisconsin mm-hmm. and I worked there for a little bit. Um, loved it. Didn't so much like the, you worked there as a, as a coda. 
No, this is before. Okay. So I worked there as a civilian and I got that relationship of the civilian and the military and they're oh, not okay. always yeah. um, kosher, if that's the right word. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they, um, <laughs> so we have our things, um, like they don't think we work fast enough on a few things, but the cool thing is I did student loans. And mm. so that's what got me thinking with, um, what was I going to be doing and did I want to do military and go to school that way? And I didn't, I ended up <clears throat> doing, starting out in accounting <laughs> and found out that that's not my personality. Mm-hmm. And then I met my husband and after that, I just kind of did just various things. And then I got serious after my first, our first daughter and I went into nursing and mm. that's where I thought that was the place I really wanted to do the most good. And went to their program um, in Angelina College in Texas and Lufkin. And I did a, some, what is it, one year? So it could have been a CNA. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> but my rotation in the hospital is what kind of turned me off from nursing. Mm, it just okay. wasn't my, my thing. And then in class, they did a um, presentation of OT and PT. And when I saw what OT did and how much they were more engaged with um, the patients and different things, that's when I branched off and started looking at OT and haven't turned back since. Nice. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Now, was your husband, was he, uh, was he military? Is that how you no, met him? I met him through our church and uh, in Wisconsin, he was a police officer. Oh, okay. Okay. And so he did the detective and the SWAT team and did that for about 10 years. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so it was a lonely cool. time, but cool. Yeah. And, um, so while he was doing that, that's when I started my schooling and figuring mm-hmm. things out. And, but, um, we ended up in Texas after we lived in Mexico for a while and did a house sitting there for his sister. Oh, cool. It was way cool. And, uh, so we ended up in Houston area spring. Mm -hmm. And that's when I transitioned into the actual OTA school for the Lone Star College. It's like Kingwood Lone Star College. They have a couple of campuses, but that's where I graduated from. Nice. So finished the program there and it was amazing. And that was a two year CODA program. It is. Nice. Mm -hmm. And, um, the instructors there were amazing and they kept talking about giving back and so that's what I was thinking. I honestly didn't think I'd really ever be teaching. Um, but as I grew more and I loved what I started doing, I felt what more of a better way to give back than in the OTA program and letting people know the students that you can do these things and you know that the it is amazing and there's skill and value. Because yeah. a lot of times when I first started, um, nobody knew what OT was, not even an assistant. Mm-hmm. And so I really had to work hard to figure out how am I going to explain that to, mm, yeah. to where they get that part of it. But That's excellent. Now, uh, we're here at Generations OT in Idaho Falls. That's where we're recording from. Um, there was something I was going to ask you about this that slipped my mind, but... Um, uh, well, how did you end up in Idaho? 
That's what I wanted oh. to ask you. Okay, so there was a few moves between Texas and here. Is that correct? Just one. Oh, just one. <laughs> just one. Okay. So we we lived in Spring and loved it there. And my our youngest daughter was a senior, but in Spring High School things have changed. So we had a couple of gun issues. So they um, did security at the school. Mm. And it really upset my daughter a lot. And so she wasn't sure if she wanted to do senior year, her homeschool or what she wanted to do. And, um, our oldest daughter and her family were moving up here to start an indoor gun range, which, and, um, so they had plans to come up here and they had a house. Everything was set. Well, then they invited (laughs) our youngest daughter and she goes, that sounds like a great idea. And I'm going, Wow. Everybody's leaving. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I looked at my husband. And I said, okay, um, I'm not staying because everybody's yeah, in Idaho now. Yeah. And we kind of chuckled because when we came back from Mexico and Texas, we thought we're not doing the cold anymore. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But here we are. So that's what brought us here. So it took us about a year to get the house ready to sell. And um, then my daughter graduated our daughter, sorry, 15, 2015. And we've been up here since. Nice. That's awesome. And your husband, is he a police officer now? No, thank goodness. Oh. <laughs> I was glad he left that behind. Um, when he was in Texas, they wanted him to be on the border because he's bilingual. Oh yeah. And uh-huh. he just didn't want to be a part of that mm. police did work. And so he left that profession and now he does, um, like construction work and, just a whole bunch of different things. Oh, nice. So he, that's what he really loves is working on like restoring things and um, building, you know. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, good. Glad he found something. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, so how long have you been teaching? Did you start? Did you start educating when you were in Texas or did that start with ISU? ISU. Oh, okay. Yep. So what them, I was here with Lisa Hong, who is the OT of that owns generations Mm -hmm. sponsoring this episode. Awesome. (laughs) And she talked to me about an um, opportunity at ISU as an adjunct to just go up and help with labs. And I thought that would be really cool to, um, you know, get back into the student life and start talking to them and giving them that hope of, you know, you are in the right career and this is amazing. And to give back is what I was thinking. So we started doing that and it was August of 17 when I was an adjunct and then it transitioned into helping with, um, the ACO process of Mm, getting them accredited. Uh And then they had an amazing OT pediatric who was set the course up and had everything going. And so I was able to help her like with handwriting and some of the things that I could bring Mm -hmm. into the course. And anyway, she was pregnant and ended up having to quit and leave ISU. Oh, okay. And so then I was offered a part-time. Oh, glad you were there. Good timing. It was, it really was. I, I think so much that things happen for a reason. Yeah. And it just, it just kind of laid out so beautifully. And, um, the, the faculty at the time was just, they were so helpful. It was kind of like, I can do this because mm-hmm. I wasn't alone at that point. Yeah. 
And from that point forward, it has just always been a really great collaboration with between the um, the department heads and and everything. And Good. so, right now, I'm a part time instructor, and I chose to go back to school to get my bachelor's so that I could be the full-time instructor oh, there because I really like it. And yeah. they are so encouraging on that part. So it's really cool. Good. Yeah. Well, it's, I got us having, so you're the only uh, Coda who's one of our instructors uh-huh. and having your, I think like we have Joanne and Brittany and, uh, uh, and they're, they're great instructors as well as, but they're, OTRs, you know, mm-hmm. they have the master's degree. Correct. It's very nice having a coda who's also working part time, yes. you know, in a in a pediatric clinic or wherever you're needed. I, I understand you do some home health or you'll fill in kind of wherever. I did. I did yeah. do home health, but now I do more skilled nursing. Oh, okay. Skilled mm-hmm. nursing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's like a, there's been several times in class where you'll come back and you'll be like, oh, I have this person right now. And you won't say their name, obviously, you know, <laughs> HIPAA. Right. But you'll, you'll have like an example that applies to what we're currently discussing in class or working on. And that has been invaluable or Good. valuable. I don't know how to use that <laughs> word correctly, but um, yeah. So I think having your perspective as well as the OTRs, like that, that comes together so nicely to, it really does, you know, to give all the, the whole spectrum of things like, mm-hmm. especially the relationship between the OTR, but also where do you fit in as a CODA? Exactly. Now, I want to go back to ACO. How did you, what, did, what was like your role in that with the ACO standards for so, the program? Um, I helped out with developing and cre- um, finishing up the pediatric course. Oh, okay. And so Joanne was and was working and Barb Peterson was at the time mm-hmm. on all of and so we were just it was just a lot of work trying to get everything to match up with the standards that were required at the time and yeah so yeah. it was an amazing process because I learned so much and what's required yeah. and you know on the instructor part of side versus the student where I was yeah 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 so it was a an amazing opportunity to look at the standards and realize, Oh, this is what we were working on and mm-hmm. working towards. So, but that's what I did. I just helped out with that class cause I had helped the previous OTRs with that. So it was amazing. That's great. <laughs> um, I want to ask you, what does it take? Um, in your opinion, what does it take to be a great CODA? Um, to me, it's the passion. You've got to love what you do and realize that every day is going to be different and accept that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for me, being a good code is at the end of the day when I can look at everybody and as I'm doing my notes, did I give my very best? Mm-hmm. Then that's usually how I <clears throat> challenge myself. Mm, as a coda mm-hmm. to be that a good coda yeah one that you know i can be dependable and love what i do think on my feet and so yeah. i think i try <laughs> to work on those things some days it's amazing and other days it's like okay yeah. well we had three kids at once today <laughs> as i i came a little earlier and did some shadowing and you guys handled it just well and actually derek who's uh mm-hmm. today was his last day he's a uh, he's in the year ahead of me yes so and he's just finishing up level two field work 
hoping yeah. to have him on as well. But yeah, how did he do? He, he was... won't. He won't hear this for a while. So <laughs> you can be honest. Uh, at the beginning, it wasn't his forte. He wasn't sure he liked pediatrics, but as he got into it, um, and after he had his own caseload, he just kind of developed into the an amazing OTA. He's going to be great. Good. And uh, the the wonderful thing about male codas is the from here connecting with them with the little guys and our our boys mm, yeah. just love the fact of having a male mm-hmm. be able to do stuff with them and you know cuz it's fun to watch Derek as he was doing the um biomechanic part of things and the working out and yeah yeah they just loved that good <laughs> and so you know we're on the hmm, I do that as well, but not to the same level as he does. Yeah, so it was really yeah. cool. Well, and it's a very different dynamic having male and female yes. codas or, or OTRs or whatever. And mm-hmm. kind of, a, they kind of flavor it a little differently or, <laughs> or they approach it a little differently. Maybe they do. And so that's what was fun to watch because we've had a couple of OTs that have been, um, male OTs and they're amazing as well, Yeah. but I just didn't get to see them as much and interact. And so as they were learning that it was Derek's last week, they were really kind of like, I don't want to see him going. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. he was awesome. I got to, I got to shadow him for about an hour today and he's, he's very confident and he's, very, and he's very compassionate. He's, you know, he's kind, he's, he works, you know, he's kind of rolled with the punches and yeah, <laughs> I think he's going to be fine. I mean, I'm not a professional yet, obviously, but from what I can see, he, he's, he's going to be great. Good, good guy. Um, what advice would you give to someone who's looking to become an OTA? What advice would you give them? Um, I would advise them to get as much shadowing and experience and get questions answered um, and really get a good feel for what this profession is so that when they get into the schooling, they have motivation that they have their drive because they've seen what they've wanted. Mm-hmm. So that would be my advice is getting that early on. I love what this is doing, you know, or, um, I want to see where it's kind of going. So I'm going to go venture into more of the dynamics of pediatrics, or I just want, um, a different genre of, like with Derek, with hands yeah, and things like that. So that mm-hmm. would be one of my advices is to get as much looking into the profession as you can. Um, the other thing is if you get an opportunity to collaborate with other, um, like a speech or a physical therapist mm-hmm. okay, and, and get their idea of, you know, what do we do? And it's, yeah. And it's amazing because um, I work with some wonderful speech therapists and physical therapists. And it's awesome because we have a good understanding of what each of us do. So that would be my other advice. But um, and yeah, oh, I guess lastly is just love what you do. Because no matter how you pro- the, the session progresses, if your heart is in it, it's going to show and it's going to be, I think, what you know, whoever you're working with is needing is you love what you do. Then I'm going to listen, excuse me. And, you know, try at least what you're saying. Yeah. So that would be my other thought is heart. Keep the heart in it. (laughs) That's great. That's great. 
Um, I don't know if I have anything else. Look, let me look at my notes here. Um, let's see. Yeah, I don't really have anything else unless there's something else that you want to add. Any Anything else you'd tell an aspiring OTA? <laughs> um, just that you're in the right profession if that's what you're choosing. And, uh, you know, I'd, it can go so many directions, which is another fun thing that I love about the OT profession is it can just go leaps and bounds however you want to take it so well I think that's come up several times and I think I mean there is something for everyone you can find your place you can you can find you can find your place in OT I think so too yeah well thank you so much Kathy I really appreciate it it's been a pleasure All right, and that is it for today. A big thank you to Kathy Delgado for taking time to talk with me. Uh, Thank you to Generations OT for the sponsorship. And uh, a big thank you to all of you listeners out there. I really really appreciate anybody who's listening and uh, for the feedback that they've given. I've really appreciated it. Um, Once again, you can find me on my Instagram, OTA Aspirations Podcast, or... Uh, via email otaaspirationspodcast at gmail.com we will talk to you in the next one